Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we are. Linda. <laughs> we are. We're a little bit punchy this morning. We've had a great week. I hope you have too. Um, we are actually have been on the road on the farm. On the week. farm. We've been with our daughter, Sadie, and her family who have become farmers. Who would have thought? This is a daughter that lived uh, 20 years in Boston, totally a city girl, went to school at Columbia in New York City before that. And uh, now she's a farmer. She's She's been reading this book called The Dirty Life about a woman who went from a city to a farm, and now she's living the book. Well, the interesting part is that her husband, who graduated from the Kennedy School at Harvard, is loving this himself, although he's setting up an office in uh, Silicon Valley for their company, so he's working full-time, but he comes home, puts on his plaid shirt and his cowboy (laughs) hat, and gets out there in the dirt, and he's so excited. So he has to commute an hour each way, but it's worth it, because they live on this beautiful farm. It's it just orients some of you that are familiar with Northern California. It's right, it's just inland from Half Moon Bay, which is a beautiful spot just south of the San Francisco airport, but extremely remote. And, you know, uh, this shows my age, but the the farm to me looks like the, uh, the, the ranch on, on, uh, on Bonanza on the old (laughs) TV show, because it's, it's, it's basically rolling beautiful green hills because they've had so much rain in California lately. And, and here and there, big old ponderosa pines, big old redwoods. I mean, it's just a beautiful place. And the kids are learning how to work on the farm. It is awesome. They, it really awesome. In fact, it's been raining, as most of you know, in California a lot. And it, so it is just, you have to have Wellingtons to walk around because it's just pure mud. Well, and gorgeous green grass. It looks like Ireland. But they've um, had mudslides. They've had mudslides. So they have chickens and pigs, a dog that's terrifying their kids. And most importantly, Two sheep who have been killed by a mountain lion about how many yards? 50 yards? Well, why is that the door? most important thing? <laughs> that is the most scary <laughs> oh. thing about the farm. Um, literally, I mean, there's a, mountain lions. There's a guy on the property that kind of helps take care of things. So he tied up the sheep that was killed the first night because he said, I'll come back for it the rest of it t- tonight. And Wait, so, he tied up the dead sheep? Yes, you, didn't you see that? He tied up a dead sheep? Why yes, would he to, tie a it up? <laughs> to a tree. To a tree, so the animal couldn't, I mean, so the mountain lion couldn't move it away. I mean, this is really drama. And then um, he came back, but he killed the other sheep instead of getting the rest of the first The mountain sheep. lion killed the, the other lion. sheep, not the, not the farmer. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so there are mountain lions, there are coyotes, there. it is just hilarious. And two little children clinging on her legs because this little puppy dog is so bitey and nippy that they're Well, here, here's, what, here's what makes this relevant to what we're going to talk about today. Um We've had parents many times, this this hasn't only happened once or twice, this has happened a lot, where parents will come up to us after a speech or a presentation on teaching responsibility to children, and they'll say, you know, I think I need to sell my house in the city, and I need to move to a farm, because then 
kids can learn how to milk cows and how to plant crops and how to weed and how to work hard and so on. And they'll, they'll really become responsible. Whereas while I'm living in a city, how can I possibly teach them to be responsibility? Because the, you know, there's, there's no, there's no uh, cows to milk. There's no crops to weed and so on. And of course the answer to that is it doesn't matter where you live. What matters is the strategy you have as parents. There are plenty of responsibilities in a household that can be parceled out to kids and there are chores, there are tasks, no matter where you live. They're not quite as obvious and the consequences of not doing them are not quite as obvious as, as on a farm. I mean, if you're supposed to milk a cow and you don't milk the cow, the consequences are pretty obvious. You know that, Linda. You you grew up on a farm. That's why you're so responsible. Well, I did gather eggs and do some things, but my dad didn't believe in girls really being in the slaughter experience. And, you know, <laughs> milk actually milking the cows every day. Although my mom, I mean, I came from farm stock way back on both sides. My mom had to milk 25 cows every morning with her eight brothers and sisters. Uh, before they could go out and sleigh ride. I mean, you know, those kinds of things. But it really is a, a great learning experience, especially learning responsibility when you have that farm that has to be taken care of, a uh, fire that has to be built in the stove every morning before their house has no central heating. And so they're 11 year old. Now we're back to our daughter, the new farmer. Right. Family. Um, their 11 year old has to make a fire every day. Uh, every morning, and he sometimes is successful, sometimes not because the wood is wet, um, but it really is a wonderful experience. Boy, well, now now back to our segue. Here's here's how we're, we're we're our subject matter for today. Our title of the show is teaching children values. Most parents, if they were said, if they were asked, which values do you want to teach to your children, would put responsibility right at the top of the list responsibility and the ability to work is something that most parents in our experience feel like their children are a little lacking on and but the, but the bigger subject of teaching values to children is such an interesting one and it's one it's a subject we've been dealing with for 20 or 30 years many of you know we we wrote a book called teaching your children values that became a New York Times number one bestseller, in my view, not because it was the, the best book ever written, but because it was the best subject. It was the subject that parents care most about. How do we teach values to our children? Well, you know? we actually got a great start on that because um, Oprah. And that was a long time ago. If any of you listening ever remember seeing that show, um, it, I can't even count the number of years. It was a lot of years ago, but um, it, it was one of those things where it was just meant to happen, guided, we could say, because um, a really sad thing happened in England at that time, which had been unheard of up until that time, and that's two children, like, and I think 11 and 12, took a little toddler from a department store and killed him, and um, well, the whole country, the whole it was a story all over the world. Was in an uproar. There were a lot of stories about that time about children's lack of values in various ways, various dimensions, and 
You know, it was good timing, and that. But but again, I think Linda, that. Well, that no, you book, wouldn't say good timing. Well, I mean, good what timing for the was, book. I mean, yeah. What was, happened was Oprah said, "Where are our values? Who is teaching our children? How can we talk about teaching children values?" And our book had come out two weeks before that. So uh, the Oprah show called well, us was, and said, "We're coming." It out. was it was Oprah. It was the Today Show. It was the Donahue Show. It was. Primetime Live, it was all these shows were so interested in an actual instruction manual for parents to teach values to their children. Now, you know, a lot of times I think as parents, we're guilty of just assuming that kids will learn our values because they live with us. They'll, they'll learn them by osmosis. They'll, they'll learn to be honest because we're honest. They'll use, learn to, to have respect for others because we show respect for others, but but what our research and our, our work on that book led us to believe is that it doesn't really uh, work that way, that values really have to be taught directly to children, and they have to be taught in a kind of an organized way, in kind of a, a sequential way. And so what we did in that in that era of our lives is we and and by the way, you should know that this fall we we had done two other books that were bestsellers that uh, that Simon and Schuster was our publisher, and one of them was called Teaching Children Joy, and it was mainly aimed at preschoolers. The idea that they shouldn't get pushed into academics too early; they should really have a little time to be children. And then one called Teaching Your Children Responsibility which, you know, was all about various kinds of learning and responsibility. But then our own publisher, it was Simon & Schuster, that said, we really need this book on values, how to teach values to children. So for us, the hardest task was sort of answering the obvious question, which values, whose values? We were worried that that the buying public or, or that parents throughout the world would would look at a book called Teaching Your Children Values and say, well, wait a minute, whose values? Who are you to tell me what values I should teach to my children? And so a lot of our early work on that book had to do with, with asking and answering this question, are there some absolutely universal values? Are there some values that no one would disagree with? Because we weren't there to, to preach any particular set of religious values or, or to try to suggest that we knew what parents wanted. So we spent a lot of time, Linda, trying to come up with 12 values, which we thought were universal and which we thought would be, you know, acceptable to every parent everywhere. And this is the list that we came up with. Uh, Linda, why don't you read the 12 of them? You know, it's it's pretty amazing. Everybody agreed, yep, I want my child to have that. And this is what they decided. Honesty, loyalty and dependability, respect, love, unselfishness and sensitivity, kindness and friendliness, courage, peaceability, self-reliance and potential, self-discipline, and moderation, fidelity, and chastity, justice, and mercy. So if you were counting, that's 12 values. And the idea of having 12 was, and I think this was really another reason the book became a bestseller, Linda. Parents need, we all are busy. We all need a way to simplify. 
And the idea of just focusing on one value every month, one single value, and really, really drilling down on that and really trying to teach through stories and other methods that one particular value in a given month. And then new month, new value. And, and that focus, I think, is what helped parents a great deal. So we're going to drill down a little with you today and get into some of these values and why we think they're important and why, why parents have to absolutely devote themselves to deliberately, I guess is the right word, deliberately focusing on and teaching this value rather than assuming the kids will just pick it up. Well, we know a lot of you have your own systems, and we know that a lot of you teach values because of your good lives. I mean, that's that's a good way to go. But it is really fun to concentrate on one value a month. And I know there are a lot of other things you're going, oh, no, I can't do one more thing. But it is really interesting that um, there are certain ways that you can teach specific values. So so as um, we go to the break, just think about these one more time and, and which ones interest you most. Honesty, loyalty, respect, love, unselfishness, kindness, courage, peaceability, self-reliance, self-discipline, fidelity and chastity, and justice and mercy. We'll touch on a few of those after this break. We'll be right back. Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. Today we're talking about values on the road, teaching your children values. Sometimes it does happen on the road, and we'll tell you how you can do that toward the end of the show. Now, you might be interested to know that when we when we came up with this list of 12, we didn't stop there. We, we, we circulated that list and we said to parents, are there some values that are missing? Are there some values on this list that you maybe don't think are important enough to make the cut of, of 12 values? And we refined it and we tried to get it down to the ones that mattered. And we also asked parents, which ones are the most important to you? Which ones do you feel like you need most? Which one, If you had a magic wand and you could wave it over your kids and, and you could pick three of these values, which ones would you choose and so on? And I thought what was interesting, Linda, is that honesty continually was sort of the top vote getter. And, and, I, and I kind of agreed with parents on that, the idea that until your children are honest, until they have a sort of a value of integrity and truth-telling, it's pretty hard to get into the other values. I mean, that's sort of the foundational value, the one that that once, once, once there's a, a feeling within a family, we always tell each other the truth. We don't ever lie. We don't ever, we don't ever try to deceive. We, what you are is what you get. Once that's in a family, I think everything else begins to be possible. Everything else begins to work. Yeah. In fact, um, I so many parents came to me after we used, we used to speak our whole time on uh, this teaching children values when we started speaking. And um, I so often parents came and said, but my child is lying to me. I don't know what to do about it. And, you know, he's just lying. And then one mother came 
up to me one time and said, I had a solution for lying. I, I got so angry at my child for lying that I actually took him out. This happened to be, I guess, in the Utah area. I can't remember, but he said, I took him out to the point of the mountain. I took him to the gate where there's a guard. And I stopped the car and I got out. Wait, and we she went took and him talked to, to the, the state, guard. To the yes, state prison? To the state prison. <laughs> I said, this is where you're going to end up if you don't quit lying. Now, isn't that true, guard? And the guard said, That's yep, a pretty yep, dramatic method. I, I don't think we included that one in the book. No, we did not. And we don't really suggest trying it. But she said, man, it worked that kid from then on. He was telling me the truth. But it, there, it is a concern for parents because it's so easy. And so often we... We encourage lying because we get so mad when they tell the truth. You know, we get so angry with them. Why did you do that? The stupidest thing. Instead of saying, oh, my gosh, that must have been hard for you to tell me the truth about that because that was really a bad thing. Thank you so much. You know, we, we still have to have some consequences for that. But you are awesome that you were able to you tell know, the, me the, the truth. The praise for telling the truth has to outweigh whatever the punishment is for telling the lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's, a you know, and, and I should say this too, Linda, because we can't cover the whole book today, but what we want to do is get parents, get you as parents excited about the idea of having an organized way and an organized schedule to try to teach children these particular values. And and even though what, what the book, what our book basically is, is just method after method after method. Here's a story to teach respect. Here's a game to teach unselfishness, on and on and on with methods. And I think parents appreciated and needed those methods and still do. But what we, the feedback we got over and over, and we still get it today, is that the real method of teaching values is simply the focus on one each month. What, what, what parents say to us is, you know, if, if it's the month that we're talking about unselfishness and, you know, if, if that a lot of parents will say we put it on a sign, we put it on a banner in our family room. The Jones family value of the month is unselfishness for the month of March or whatever it is. And and over and over, parents will say just having that focus then daily life seems to become a methodology. We'll be watching a, a TV show and someone will say, well, ooh, that was not a good example of, of, of unselfishness. And well, what or, happened there? And, or just in their own bedroom when they're playing with toys and fighting over, you know, who gets to have it. You know, those kinds of things come up every day if you're kind of thinking about it. But let's take a specific um, value and just talk about it for a minute. Let's, let's talk about courage because I think that's probably this, the second most popular we're, one. We're, yeah, we can do that. And then I was going to say we're going to give you a list by month and the month. The value for this particular month of February is respect. So let's let's pick out those two and maybe drill down a little on them as examples of what you could do on the month when you're focused on a certain value. Okay, so let's just talk about courage for a minute. I'm just thinking about that because we have two grandchildren who are exact polar opposites. We have one who <clears throat> has way too much courage. <laughs> He just is into everything all the time. And interestingly, these children were born about one week apart. Um, they're the same age. And it is so funny to watch them because one is just throwing himself into life and whatever. And You're talking about physical courage, right? right? Yeah. Wandering off and has, you know, a courage to talk to people anywhere 
on, you know, on a bus, on the subway, anywhere. And then our other little child is uh, just the quietest child you would ever know. She's sweet and darling, but she doesn't, and she's in kindergarten, but she doesn't dare walk to kindergarten alone yet, which a lot of children aren't, but she's just so timid when it comes to real courage. She has a lot of other great attributes. Uh, in fact, we've just spent some time with her, and it is so fun to see that creative, wonderful mind in there, but she just is so quiet and shy, So, um, as was I when I was a child. So I certainly identify with her, but there are specific things that you can do to really encourage kids to be more courageous. And, of course, we're not just talking about courage in the sense of being outgoing as opposed to being shy no the main part of that value is having the courage to not follow the crowd to not do what the peer group's doing to stand up for the things that you believe in well i think it depends on the age so these little ones that worry about you know kind of a physical courage and as you get older it's it's an emotional courage the ability to try things that um are really scary and um, do a good job on it. It really is interesting that uh, that's one of the best things we can teach children is have the courage to stand up for what they know is right. Now, I mentioned that, that, that February's value is respect. Let's talk about, for a minute about respect, and then let me get back to why these are orchestrated month by month and give you as listeners a way to tap in to what we call the value of the month. But you know what we learned on respect, Linda, interestingly, that most kids who show disrespect, particularly disrespect for their parents, are doing it out of habit. I mean, it's just a bad habit. It's not so much a deep-seated lack of respect for parents. It's just we live in a disrespectful society, and a lot of the examples kids see don't show a lot of respect, especially on sitcoms, on TV, and in and a lot of their social media and their, well, their, their video friends. games and their friends. And so we found the, the, the best method was just to break the habit, just to have a parent who, who would learn that whenever a disrespectful answer was given, that they should just say, let's start over. Let's start over. That's not an acceptable answer. Let's start over. And what parents ended up learning is that often they were not showing very much respect for the child. I mean, if you come in and say, take out the garbage right now, that's, that's not a, a respectful request. And so the kid is more likely to say, well, I'm busy. I've got to do my homework. You told you didn't tell me to do that. And now it's already dark or whatever. And, and you get into these disrespectful exchanges and the idea of just a reset, let's start over. And this time maybe you say, son, uh, it's getting dark. Your job is to take out the garbage. You better do it now before it gets dark. Please, please do it. And then then the child has to reset and, and give a respectful answer. And so, you know, sometimes these values just involve breaking bad habits. Well, it also, to make it really work, you have to set this up in a meeting. Because if you've got some disrespect going on in your house, which we certainly did. I mean, it's, it's universal, I guess. It really is interesting that if you have a meeting with a child and tell them, this is what we're working on. And um, if you say something Even disrespectful role, role to play me, it. Yeah, if, yeah, role play it. But if you say something disrespectful to me, these three words are going to come out of my, my mouth. Let's start over. And that means to you, that was not a nice way to say that. That was not appropriate. Let's start over. Let's say it again. 
And um, and then we learned as we went along that the word please is a great trigger word. If I say please, you really have to do it. So then you do a mother may I kind of activity and um, and show them exactly how that works. Nope, you didn't say please. They can say to you or nope, you didn't. You didn't start over. All right. Now, before we run out of time, Linda, let's give our listeners a real boost here. What we learned after the book was out is the parents needed some help. They needed more than a book. They needed stories that, that would engage their children and really teach these values vicariously. And so we worked with a group of fantastic artists. Some of you know the names of these. These names are familiar to you. Marvin Payne, uh, uh, Stephen Cap Perry, um, Roger and Melanie Hoffman. And they came up with these fantastic stories called Alexander's Amazing Adventures. One story for each value, one story for each month. And when I say stories, they're more than stories. They're dramatic audio presentations with music and drama. And it's about this little kid named Alexander who learns the value through a tremendous adventure each month. And uh, you ought to look into these. You can sample them at valuesparenting.com. Just go to valuesparenting.com, all one word, and then click on the Alexander series. And if you think some of these dramatized stories would help you, and what, what we found with parents is they, they sort of get the ball going. You, you know, you play, you, you have a family home evening or a family meeting and you listen to this half hour story together and some of the songs and other things are, are involved. And then that gives you a basis to talk about that value during the month as it goes by and bring it up every time there's an example of someone doing the value or not doing the value. Well, I have to say that if you have a child between 3 and 11 or 12, they're going to absolutely love this and actually love it too much. You'll get so sick of hearing it by the end of the month, but you can put it in your phone and your car. You can play it as you're going. It is so fun for kids. And I, I do have to say that these artists took a good idea and made it so much better. They're hilarious. They're funny. They're kind of a, a Disney type thing where it's, you know, the parents hear it on a different level and, and giggle and maybe the kids don't get, quite get that. But they are so entertained with this story. Let's face it. The best way to teach any kind of um, concept or value is through stories and so this this story runs through all of the series of 12 values it's pretty pretty amazing so our goal every week on Irs on the road is just to try to be of some help to you as parents in in the various challenges you have with your children and today I guess it's pretty simple we want to help you to be more effective and deliberate in teaching values to your kids so check out valuesparenting.com and we will see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Good luck and bye-bye.